How come no one does lo-fi podcasts? Like, I would think that the a lot of the people who make podcasts are the same type of hipsters who would want tapes for the aesthetic. So I'm just surprised that no one's made a big deal out of being like, we record our whole podcast to tape. It just sounds so much better. <laughs> like that, it just seems like something that should exist, but I haven't seen it. That's a good point. Maybe we should be the pioneers of it. We can also buy just a, a cassette VST for nothing and just stick it on the master bus and make everyone a bit crackly. Well, yeah, but then it's not authentic, is it? Ooh, it's not authentic. <laughs> um, right, are we ready to go? Yep. Yeah, go on then. Once more with passion. Are we ready to go? Yeah. yeah. Aye, aye, Captain. <laughs> oh, wrong show. Hello and welcome to Unmuted Unmastered. I'm Will and this is uh, the sleepiest music show on the internet. Today I'm joined by Tom. Speak for yourself. Hello. Jess. Hello. I agree. And James. I'm indifferent. Hello. On the show this week, we're going to be talking about the best songs for a first dance. I've got a review of the new Black Midi album. And we're going to be talking about live music coming back in a positive way. But first, I want to know what everyone's been listening to this week, and we are starting with Tom. Um, Pop Evil by Pop Evil. Something weird has happened this week, Will. I suddenly understand uh, metal and hard rock. Uh, for whatever reason, it's just suddenly clicked. Um, you're talking to someone who started playing music because he listened to Linkin Park when he was like 13, and that's about as far into metal as I've ever explored. Uh, which, you know, I could appreciate is probably quite a narrow spectrum. Um, for whatever reason, Pop People's really turned me on to like really modern, well-produced uh, metal music, which for so long I've kind of listened to and just thought, I just don't get it. I really don't get it. But yeah, it's all changed a lot. I suddenly understand that it's a lot more... Um, Semantic is all about meaning. It's all about, you know, it, it's meant to feel daft and overblown and ridiculous because that's exactly what it is. You know, it's about overcoming your struggle and overcoming your battles in life, but also making that into an epic struggle because that's what you do. Um, and Pop People is full of these little moments. It's something that's not new and it's not original, but also it's really, really well done. A um, couple of key tracks which stood out for me um waking lines the opening track it just i listened to that and i kind of thought this makes real sense actually waking the lines in me overcoming the struggle that was a really really cool and powerful message which suddenly i clicked with for whatever reason again it's a little bit confusing to me but i really really enjoyed it um be legendary was very much more of the same that's a few tracks later um also the other thing that i like about this album was that just halfway through it took a complete left turn not like it completely broke genres and became like um electronic jazz but 
it really had a really distinct shift in tone um, and it became a lot more poppy. And for whatever reason, it just worked. I just liked it. It, it was just that, for whatever reason, it felt thematically that as well as overcoming personal struggles, you overcome a genre struggle. Um, maybe that's just me being a bit pretentious, but also that's how it felt. Um, Nothing But Thieves was a complete left turn and it just seemed a bit odd at the time, but also it worked. It was a really, really cool song. Um, it's not a perfect album by any means. Um, some of the songs I could just take or leave. It was just sort of like um, filler. Um, and then there was When We Were Young, which comes later in the album, uh, which gives us such great insights as when we were young, we were young, yeah. But apart from that, though, like, you know, that's me being cynical. I'm sure, like, most people enjoy it. I'm just a bit grumpy sometimes, which makes sense. Um, but I really, really enjoyed it. I'm sure that if we were on the air back in 2018, when this came out, I would have reviewed it and rather enjoyed it. Um, yeah, and I am now exploring uh, Pop Evil, amongst other hard rock slash metal bands at the moment. That is my adventure this week, Pop Evil by Pop Evil. I had a quick listen to some of the songs from the album, and I, I don't think it's an album I really want to go and listen to. But it is interesting that, yeah, it definitely takes a more pop approach with the sound. So mm. I, I guess it it kind of achieves its goal. Well, may, maybe not their stated goal, but in kind of the wider sense of the genre where it's supposed to sit, where it's taken you from someone who maybe wouldn't listen to that kind of music to maybe giving you an introduction that might lead you on to some other stuff in the future yeah again it's not even like it's just completely different and it's not you know um completely well done because i kind of listened i kind of thought if i'd gone into it cold it would have been something where i thought i've heard this before it doesn't sound very interesting but i listened to uh one of their singles that they did last year um which coincidentally rick biada making another cameo appearance in this podcast he listened to it when he reviewed the top 10 rock songs on spotify it would have been a week or two ago um but he listened to Breathe Again, which was their track from back in November uh, last year. And again, really solid track. For whatever reason, it just clicked with me um, in a way that, um, yeah, it just hasn't... I haven't had a track of that style and that genre do before. It was really, really fun. I quite enjoyed it. Cool. I'm going to go next. Um, I want to talk about the new album from the band Bachelor. Uh, it's a collaborative project with... Jason and Palehound, who are both songwriters. Jason in particular is one of my favorites. Her albums, Everybody Works and Anak Co, are some of my uh some recent albums I've enjoyed. This collaborative album kind of brings together their two sounds in certain ways. So it's definitely more of Palehound's kind of more straightforward rock instrumentation. Um with some of the maybe more poppy elements of Jason's songwriting mixed in there as well. I said last week, I think, that uh, I, while I'd enjoyed the singles, um, it for me it wasn't quite as enjoyable as Jason's solo work, and listening to the whole album, I'd kind of stick with that as being kind of the, the general takeaway. But I do think it's a solid kind of pop rock album, I think where it does best is where it kind of leans more into the pop side with like the catchy chorus on lead single Stay in the Car or the the very like indie poppy anything at all 
I think those are kind of the the high points on the album. Overall, it's enjoyable, but um, I'm not sure it's one I'm going to come back to tons over the next year. It's just kind of a, a nice kind of summery pop rock indie rock album to kind of tide me over, I guess, until more solo JSON stuff. But yeah, that's the new Bachelor album, Doom in Sun. It's out now. You can check it out. James, what have you been listening to? This week I've been listening to Brian Fennell, who goes by the name of... I think it's pronounced Sim. It's a Welsh word, which means simple, but it's spelled S-Y-M-L. Um, I think he's more popular than I realise, um, but I've never listened to him. His music's quite poppy, kind of... I don't want to say it, but singer, singer-songwriter. The album I've been listening to is the self-titled album, which I think is his, his only one um, out right now. Yeah, it's just a, like a really quite, I guess, simple album. Um, and the lyrics really describe things simply. So he's really quite blunt about emotions and life. And he doesn't try and mask mask things in a way, which I've, I really enjoyed about the album. Yeah, the music in general is not, I guess it's not something that I generally listen to because it does lean on more of the poppy side, but there there are like alternative aspects in it. Um, a highlight in the song for me is um, Girl. I quite like that one. It's like, I assume it's a kind of a love song, talking about a girl that's left, that he wants back. Um, and he doesn't make it cheesy because he doesn't like mask things up. He doesn't cover things up. He tells it how it is. And I, I really appreciate that. And the track before that, The Bird, which is I really enjoy as well. Yeah, this is quite a calm uh, album for me this week. It's not, it's not anything new not anything too out there but i just really enjoyed it it's it's just something that you might want to listen to once but maybe maybe you'll listen to it again maybe you're not but apparently it's pronounced um simul uh so so google says um and also google says he uh, people also search for dermot kennedy and that immediately makes it someone i'm interested here i loved uh Dirk McKenzie's album back in 2019, it would have been. Yeah, I can't remember the name, but that was a stunning album. So I'm immediately interested. They they've been compared. Is there any is there any comparison? Yeah, I think so. I would also kind of draw on like maybe Ben Howard, maybe some like James Bay stuff. Nice. Gonna have to check that out. Right, Jess, take us to the world of mega pop stars. <laughs> Yes, so this week I've been listening to Sour by Olivia Rodrigo, which I think is on everybody's minds right now in the music world, it seems, or it seems to be a very popular album that's talked about a lot right now. Uh, It came out last week and it's her debut album. So I didn't know anything about her, but she was, or she is, I guess, a Disney Channel actor. That's where she sort of became famous. So, but I'm going into this with like no background or anything. Like I said, this is, I've only looked this up for the purposes of the episode. I didn't have any sort of um, existing opinion on it or on her. So it's kind of nice to go into it with, yeah, a neutral opinion. Um, her, so her, her debut single originally was Driver's License, which was a massive hit. Like it broke streaming records, I think, on Spotify. And that came out a few, a few weeks ago. Um, 
that ended up becoming like a TikTok hit, which again, I don't, I've never been on TikTok, so I didn't know it from that, but apparently this is what I've heard. This is what, this is what's going on with the kids. Um, and <laughs> I always like checking in with the kids in yeah. episodes of Unmuted Unmastered. <laughs> um, yeah, so that, that song's interesting. Uh, it's, I mean, a lot has been said about that song. It's pretty nice. I, interestingly, I heard about it on the um, another podcast, which is called Still Processing, and it's from New York Times, and that was an, a podcast episode all about um, the bridge in a song and how bridges have kind of got left out uh, in many modern songs and how they're actually a really good thing that should be used more often. They're a great feature of a song. And Driver's License does have a bridge, and in fact the bridge is a bit that kind of became the famous part that was used in TikTok, so... Yeah, it was a really interesting listen, actually. And it, it's a good bridge, to be fair. It does break up the song nicely. It does what bridge is supposed to do. And I agree that it, it does improve the song. But going back to the rest of the album in general, it's it's basically just a pop album, kind of a bit alt-pop, I guess, at points. It starts off um, really strong with this song called Brutal, which is quite rocky, and it just comes in really strong with this riff that's it's simple, but it's... Yeah, it's catchy. It's pretty great. It's a good way to start things off because it just grabs you and kind of pulls you straight into it. Then it kind of goes at other points into quite typical like piano ballads um, and more general ballady pop songs, which aren't really normally my thing, but actually I did enjoy it. Like Overall, I, I did genuinely enjoy this album, um, despite it being kind of different to my normal lessons and not being a huge pop fan, I guess, sort of traditional stuff like this. But it was nice and fresh, um, and it was well written, I thought. So talking about the writing of it, the lyrics, I think, are probably the standout point, to be honest. Um, she did co-write everything, as far as I can tell, or in general, which is nice to see. And it's very kind of... It's just all about the teenage experience, I guess, and things like relationships and... Well, yeah, it's mostly just relationships. and <laughs> Classic pop topics. Yeah. Classic. <laughs> Yeah, but it's got a sort of level of detail that's nice. It's like relatable without feeling like it's just a generic cash grab, which I appreciate. It does kind of feel genuine, like it's actually coming from her. And I think a lot of people will be able to relate to things in it and find something that they can pick out that relates to them. But it's not so generic that it's just a bit of a slap in the face like some other artists that I won't mention. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no come on name and shame jess i feel some shade but i don't know where it's going it's just it's just generalized <laughs> you can you can put your own artists in there i reckon they'll bring someone to mind for most people in, um, insert mega pop star here yeah yeah i have final say on the edit so i'll, I'll just put in some artists i don't like in there <laughs> <laughs> this is fine <laughs> perfect um yeah despite her being like despite this being a you know a majorly popular album i, I did actually feel like the genuine side of it was nice. I appreciated that. And it kind of, it does have a nice story to it. Each, each song has a nice story that kind of sucks you into it quite well. And the lyrics are, and the vocals themselves like complement the lyrics well. It's nice, um, nice to explore different stories. One Step Forward, Three Steps Back was one of the songs that particularly stood out to me um, as a like, yeah interesting story in it. And it's sort of got slight kind of time signature changes. I Maybe that's not the right term, but... It kind of keeps things interesting enough throughout the song that I appreciate it, despite it being otherwise just a very simple piano ballad, 
which is not normally my cup of tea, really. I get bored, so it kept it interesting. Uh, slightly slumped towards the middle slash end, and the last two songs are pretty good again and bring it back, and the last song was a nice positive and heartfelt one, so... Yeah, it's only just over half an hour long. So yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it, actually. Kind of impressed by how much I enjoyed it, really. And this is... I'm trying to sort of be objective because I haven't got the other background of it, but I would recommend And I think if you like her already, I'm sure you'll, I'm sure you'll like her stuff. If you like Driver's License, it's not going to be surprised by this. Um, but also, like if, like me, you'd never really... You didn't really know anything going in, then I think it's still a pretty strong listen. So check it out. I must admit... Um, I really, really like Driver's License. That is one of the best pop songs I've heard in, like, years. You know, I, I will put my hands up and say I really, really like the song. What I will say is, like, that came out in January, like, literally, like, four or five months ago, and now we've got an album. That came pretty quickly. Um, also, I was not aware that she may have been a former Disney cast member. That actually makes a lot of sense, and doing a bit of Googling... That's also true. She was she was in um, high school uh, high school musical the series the reboot the the you know whatever it is all of that stuff um, you know the one with the incomprehensible title which probably makes sense. I might have to listen to this one really because I it, it's quite rare that a mainstream pop album catches me like it. I mean it happens every so often like with Rina Sawayama last year and. Carly Rae Jepsen in the past as well so maybe this is the next one yeah closing thoughts on the album I guess so it's usually for something that's so yeah so mainstream and like something that's coming from someone that's already famous it doesn't often that doesn't bode well or like often things just kind of ride on the success of like or popularity of the person rather than the actual music itself but in this case I, I genuinely feel like it's actually a pretty good album which is nice to hear yeah I can recommend it Right, on to the news. Tom, you've got a story for us this week. I do indeed have news. Um, there are still question marks about uh, music coming back this summer. How much is it, is it going to come back? Are festivals going to take place? Uh, there's good news out of the uh, Brit Awards this year. In the UK, we had the Brit Awards, our slightly cut-rate version of the Grammys. Always a good laugh, even if it doesn't mean all that much in the end. Um, there is excellent news. There was a live audience, even a small one, for the um, broadcast of the ceremony. Um, the good news is no COVID cases have been traced to the audience. So in that sense, every precaution that was taken to ensure that uh, there was no outbreak of COVID, has been a massive success. It's really, really good. Uh, this story coming from, well, reported by Music Week, but I'm sure other people have reported it as well. Um, yeah, the government's event research program at the Brits has revealed zero cases of COVID resulting from the event. Um, so, yeah, great news. I think we mentioned, like, previously, I wonder if there were still question marks about some big festivals happening this year because they can't get insurance um, to cover the costs in case they do need to cancel. You know, I think there's still a really big risk and having however many people, 5,000, 10,000, 20,000 people in the same venue is going to be a big, big issue. Um, the 4,000 guests at a Brit Bowl, 4,000 guests um, all had to provide a negative test prior to the event and they had to be tested on the night. I presume anyone who had a positive test went home if anybody bothered to turn up in the first place. Uh, let me see. 
So actually, what is even more significant is the the events research program um, out of 58,000 people who took part in research events. So that is um, nightclubs opening in Liverpool. That is football matches at Wembley Stadium for the FA Cup um, and various other events. Out of 58,000 people, there have only been 15 cases of COVID-19 which have been directly linked to those events. Um, so it's looking good whatever measures are being put in place and I'm not privy to what exactly does happen at these events because I haven't been to one uh, it's working so positive news maybe we'll get some festivals next year uh, or this year rather me personally I'm still going to wait it out honestly uh, I've just moved flat so I haven't got that much money anyway Uh, but also I'm just going to wait it out and just you know go nuts next year but if anybody is desperate to get back there you go good signs um, yeah, zero cases of COVID linked to the Brit Awards. Now, Tom, you need to take one for the team. You said you didn't know what the precautions are, but you need to go and find out. You need to get some first-hand reporting. I can't. Some I well, get me a, journalism. Get, get me, get me a journalist pass to the Brit Awards, which happened like a week ago. Make, make a time machine and get me a press pass, and then I'll figure it out for you. <laughs> if if the Brit Awards does want to give us a press pass or five, that'll be lovely. But you know. I think it's definitely good news that this has come out, that it seems like the precautions are working. It might be worth noting that, um, so the capacity of the British Awards was around 4,000 people at the O2 Arena. Um, about 2,500 tickets were gifted to frontline workers through the pandemic. Mm. Nice. So one thing to note is that obviously there were no cases from this, but it's potentially impacted by the the effect that uh, over half of the people there were probably more likely than the average person to have been vaccinated. Mm. Obviously, I don't have detailed statistics on that, and it seems like the government are reasonably happy that this is representative. Um, But yeah, it's one thing to take notice of. Also, I I haven't been able to find... Do we know what the situation was like, like at the event? Was it seated, or was there people standing? I'm assuming that Brit Awards is probably not, you know, people moshing and stuff. But. I presume, like, um, most things up until now, it would have been, like, spaced seating. So, you know, um, I think in football matches, they've always had, like, the green seats and the red seats. Like, don't sit in the red ones, sit in the green ones. Um, I presume it was something similar to that. But that's a good question. I don't actually I, know. Yeah, I do think, as what I remember, I think there was some seat, seating for, like, the celebrities. But then people could stand up on, like, the, the higher bits. At Eurovision, I think it was completely non-distanced, which was kind of impressive. It was just like, not like normal. Who would afford it? Almost like normal. It's not the same event, but still. Yeah, that is good though. It's a good point that you mentioned, well, about it being frontline workers. But I suppose the vaccination problem is kind of a, that's only a temporary thing, we hope. I mean, you know, soon everybody will be vaccinated and then it won't matter like what job you're in or who you are. Um, so hopefully that will just be a temporary sort of thing to worry about. But yeah, it's it's good news because it's so like this is such an uncertain thing. I mean, like we really don't know how things are going to pan out from here, and we didn't know how successful these things would be. Like we're still, I feel like there's so many other things we can predict stuff, but like this is just such an unknown. So it's yeah, probably a good result for that, and um, and it's such a nice thing that people want to get back to as well. Like it's not just good for the industry itself, but like people are just so keen to do nice things and go and hang out with people they know and go to events everybody's been so shut in that it's like a nice positive thought that we might be able to go and do it somewhere soon yeah and mass testing seems like a sensible response to it 
like I I've been tested for COVID for the first time in the last few weeks. I've been tested twice now. And it it's the the sign up thing on the NHS website is a bit long winded, um, and it, it it's kind of uncomfortable having to like swab yourself. But like the results actually get back to you really quickly, and the process in general isn't that long. So yeah, if that can give people peace of mind to go back to bigger events, I'm all for it. Yeah, small price to pay. I got some of the home ones. It just makes me like. It just sets me off sneezing for ages. Yeah, because like in person, like I'm in front of someone and my eyes are like watering. <laughs> I'm like trying desperately not to sneeze while I've got this swab up my nose. You're oh, trying, you're trying to play it cool, but it's impossible. Just like I'm so happy that I had to like swab at home, and it's just like you know, okay, I need five minutes now just to recover. But you know, it's fine. It's a good thing. I found the trick that when it goes up my nose, I really need to sneeze like every couple of seconds. Then if I yeah. cough, then I, then it kind of reduces the need to sneeze. So I'm not like sneezing on the swab. It's like a substitute. It's like a substitute sneeze. Yeah, it could work. Yeah. It could work. As long as it doesn't come back positive and you've just coughed all over an NHS guy. It's <laughs> probably not good. Hopefully do not. That. <laughs> Let's move on to the big topic of this week. I am going to a wedding reception on Sunday. So I thought an interesting thing to talk about would be um, what are some good songs for a first dance? And also, what would people want for their first dance? I can kick us off. So for Go me, on. I think it, it's very, it's going to be variable on who it's with, right? I, I should hope I, so. <laughs> I, I'll assume so, yeah. And as a young single male, I've got lots of time to think about these things. <laughs> <laughs> um, Will's going to be a dictator It doesn't matter who you're with you're, This is the music For you, you to tell people this on a first date It's like, this is non-negotiable Yeah, like I said I, I It's very variable on I guess who it would be with And of, also the circumstance Like, I think realistically I'm probably going to end up getting a DJ Rather than a band As mm. much as I'd like a band Like, there's just too much of a chance of them being terrible it's probably going to be more expensive. You can also get with a band a customer experience, but also, again, do you trust them enough to do that? I have, funnily enough, speaking of weddings, I've been commissioned to do one for a friend of a friend whenever it will be, probably April next year. Um, and the only reason I signed up for it is that I looked at the track list and I saw various shades of Linkin Park and The Killers and, like, there was Smash Mouth in there and some Kaiser Chiefs, and I thought, I've got to do this. This is just absolutely perfect. Wait, did you just say Smash Mouth? I did, yes. I just, I, I was like, did I just skip over that? Did I just have a bit of a glitch in my brain and I just made that up? Or did it took no, me a second, I did. I did. Yeah, I, did. Right, I, did. Wow. I did. I am, I I am embracing that? this. Like, they are embracing this. And, like, it is just, I cannot wait for that gig. I know it's going to be an amazing gig. Um, yeah, this is that's... like Remy Malik from Mr. Robot, but Shrek takes over and starts playing songs from the soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I want. The dream. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have my first dance song as um, All Star. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, actually, not a bad one. Because, like, you know, if you're going to do anything... <laughs> Maybe not to dance to. Is it? <laughs> Slow dance, at least. It's fine. <laughs> I'm just like... So, 
I guess tradition would dictate that I would go down the aisle. I know this isn't a first dance, I'm getting off topic, but I could just like burst through the doors at the back of the church wherever to All Star. That would, that work. would be great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't count, sadly, but you know, just other plans. You're just mirroring the movie, that's all it is. Exactly. Well, who wouldn't want to mirror Shrek? Yeah, it's fine. I mean, not, I'm not stepping out the water closet, but like, you know, I may as well be. I don't know. It's <laughs> <laughs> a weird analogy. There is something to be said for like a very, very, very good cover band. If it's something that is important to your relationship, there is the timeless um, Coldplay cover band called Cold Place who actually, it looks as though they're pretty darn good imitators of Goldplay. I'm not going to lie to you. But they do, like, you know, all sorts of functions and, like, you know, cover festivals and, like, lots of weddings. And actually, I can see why it looks like a really, really good production. But also, they probably cost a lot of money. Weddings already cost an enormous amount of money. It's just, like, you know. <laughs> but, yeah, there's a lot of variables in that. But, yeah, and there's a lot of variables just in the question generally just like you know what do you want for your first dance actually do i want to be around anybody do i just want it to be a dozen people or like 200 people i suppose it depends on the person really doesn't it well i like that you said and tom's just echoed it that it depends on the person and on the scenario i just want to let you know that like you can choose both of those things it's it's not it's neither of those things are forced onto you. <laughs> I kind of like something now. It's kind of like a reciprocal decision. Like you know, it's it's two parties. It's negotiation. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'm not choosing my partner just based on their music taste because otherwise, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll you know play whatever random stuff I want. But what do you mean you're not going to choose your partner purely based on the music taste? That's that's the only way to live, isn't it? It it will be it will be a factor. Like even if it's just like a binary question of do you like music? Yes, no. All of the no's are out, and then you know <laughs> go from there. But yeah. I, th- I think, and we're getting into general relationship discussions now, which is <laughs> that's fine by me. I, I think it, as as long as they're like still curious about new stuff and willing to like you know happy to hear about it when you need to nerd out a bit, I think it's fine. I'm not too worried about the minutiae of like, oh, if you didn't love the new Black Country New Road album, oof, maybe it's time to call it quits. That's here. a deal breaker. <laughs> Take your ring, I'm gone. You haven't actually said what your song would be or what songs you might want. <laughs> I had a few ideas. I think if if I wanted to go classic, La Vie en Rose by Edith Pierre would be a good classic, shout. Classic, good song. Exactly, yeah. And I, I've tried to find like a more recent good cover version of it uh, and nothing really hits the mark for me, quite like her singing it. I think the Grace Jones version is good, but obviously it's a very different type of song with like the kind of bossa nova disco style to it. That sounds great. <laughs> that sounds right up my street. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there's there's that. Or or if I wanted to go more modern, uh, and kind of the main song I've thought about for this is Reservations by Wilco. Um, it's from their 2002 album, Yankee Hotel Foxtrot. It's the last song on that album. I'd probably want to do a different or slightly altered version of it. Because it, it's the arrangement on the album is mostly like 
radio noise and kind of subtle synthesizers and then piano and vocals. So m maybe in kind of the second half, I'd add additional strings and maybe some drums so it's got a bit more of a beat. But it's just like a really sweet song. I think it it'll work well. I had a quick listen to it because you put it on the on the dock and uh, yeah, it was it was nice actually. I enjoyed it. I'd not heard it before. Yeah, same here. Is it gets weird because it's like three quarters of the way through, it goes quiet, and I feel like the song's like ended, but then it kind of picks up again. But yeah, it's a really quite a sweet song. I think good pick. Mm. If I could get Jeff Tweedy, who's the lead singer of Wilco. To come and do my wedding, I definitely would. He no, seems I'm like a good asking. guy. True. Also, he's in Parks and Rec. Is he? Yeah. So you know when they have the um the festival, the Unity Festival. Yes. And um, Andy has like this idea of uh this like band that he really wants to reunite and come and like play like the final thing in the show and they go to the guy's house and they're like oh please reunite that guy is jeff tweedy That's and then they go on stage and yeah they it's wilco and they play wilco song yes i remember <laughs> that bit yeah i, I hadn't realized that That's pretty funny that's cool that's really cool does anybody else have specific suggestions yeah i had one um so there's one song from eric clapton wonderful tonight it's a solid song really good yeah, classic. I think the main part of it is the guitar, like how how bluesy, how smooth, and how yeah, how amazing that sounds, and the lyrics, obviously, as well. Um, I think perfectly would perfectly describe your partner at a wedding. I think so. I, I think it's quite a popular one, but I really feel like it sets sets the mood. I think a song like that as well, like there is a certain amount of it's it it's very, very warm and bubbly and makes you feel good mm -hmm. inside. It's very gooey. It is that kind of like gooey song, which I think can be if you're just listening to it out of the blue, it can be quite sickly sweet, but I can imagine like in a wedding just like, you know, it's it's like a it's like a I can hear everyone go, Oh, you know, it's just it's one of it's one of those like really affectionate moments, which is very gooey and like, you know. I don't think everyone will like it, but you will like it, and that's all that matters. Because oh, it's your wedding, basically. <laughs> but yeah, honestly, really good song. It's definitely leaning on that like super cheesy kind of tone. But I mean, it is a first dance at a wedding. What what do you really expect? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of the vibe, isn't it? Well, we're talking about really cheesy first dance songs. Has anyone heard the Muppet version of Rainbow Connection? Oh my lord, no. what is this? Hang on, I'll drop a link in the chat. Actually, I might have heard this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, I'm changing my answer. It's my wedding song. This is getting off topic to what I wanted to actually talk about, but the New York I Love You, you're bring But You're Bringing Me Down video is with Kermit as well. It's the original one, though. New York I Love You, But You're Bringing Me Down. It's a bit of a... Maybe the themes of the lyrics aren't quite right. Yeah, this this happened with a lot of the things that I um thought about. There's things that like sonically were good, but vo vocals wise was not good. So yeah, that I actually think about that. There's a few LCD sound system songs I would have thought might be quite nice, but none of them are like romantic really. What other ones would you pick out? Just like some of the slower ones are pretty good. Um, and some of them sound like romance songs on the surface, but are not. When you get into the lyrics. This is the problem. A lot of my music 
is very much more on the cynical end of things about relationships. <laughs> I really struggled to find anything that was positive about romance in any way. Um, pretty much anything that I thought I was finding that was actually suitable. And that, yeah, I looked into it more and I was like, oh no, this is actually a bit of a downer or really bitter. Um, but one that I did find or did think of was actually a Talking head song. It's not Once in a Lifetime. Although, who wouldn't want to dance like that? At your wedding. Maybe it's the I second can... song. Yeah, like okay. After the first dance. Oh, I definitely want to play it at some point. Yeah, that'll be good. Yeah. Um, get the crowd going. But um, this must be the place I thought would be a nice song. Um, it's a, a really nice song. That, you know, it's just great on the surface. It's very wholesome. It's got a nice, like, warm, nostalgic feeling. And the lyrics are just really wholesome and cute and... Yeah, I felt like that was the best thing I could find that fitted in it. It seemed to fit quite well. In fact, I saw some people in the comments on YouTube actually saying that they'd used it at their wedding. So I've got evidence. Yeah, I don't know if you've seen um, Stop Making Sense, the Talking Heads concert film. Anyone? No, no. weren't we going to watch that on Amazon Shared View or whatever? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we need to do it. Because in um, when he does This Must Be The Place, it's kind of a famous thing that David Byrne like dances with a floor lamp during this song <laughs> um, so I'll <laughs> yeah if I can capture any of the essence of David Byrne dancing with that floor lamp when I was dancing at my wedding it would be pretty successful I think does that make your significant other a lamp yeah I guess the light of your life <laughs> hey <laughs> they could just like hold a flashlight that would do it yeah, that's the spirit that's what I want to achieve. Anything is then it might you run the risk of looking a bit like Bono, like wave, waving a spotlight around the crowd, like Boston in two thousand and one. But yeah, there's a fine line, I guess. <laughs> the fine line between David Byrne and Bono. <laughs> oh, you know. Yep. I don't see any issues with either of them, to be honest. Dancing with lights. One of them's really twee and cheesy, and the other's talking about police brutality. So you know, it's I suppose that's where you draw the line. But like, I didn't know. know which one you're talking about first there for a second. Does it apply? I to really both? didn't. I think you could have come in there with a very spicy take. Is is what we were thinking? Yeah, not, not particularly. It's just it was a really cool performance. Bono just sort of waved a spotlight around and talked about police brutality while playing "Bullet the Blue Sky" in their concert film whenever it happened. Really, really epic concert by the way i would thoroughly recommend it um yeah usually a pretty cool band anyway i've said it they're just a cool band um but yeah their concerts are absolutely amazing like gold dust levels of good um like dj fresh <laughs> yeah wedding song <laughs> <laughs> If you don't have drum and bass at your wedding, what's the point? <laughs> you need to get those distant family members up on the dance floor. You need to really confuse all your aunts and second cousins. You mean if you haven't got drum and bass at your wedding, what's the point? Probably. No, at I, any I've wedding. I've got a hunch. <laughs> any, any wedding. All weddings need drum and bass. Yes. All weddings. Okay, great. There you go. It's your words, Tom. Yeah. I'll clip okay. that out. Great. Okay. This is my quote. I said it because I was repeating somebody else. Why has the segment gone, Great. This, gone this long when we could have just said drum and bass? That That's worked. a good point, yeah. We could have just summed it up. Should yeah. we just cut all of this out? And... Let's not dance around the point. 
No pun intended. James, if you've never listened to this, we go around in circles. We go around in complete myriad circles and then just end up on a completely irrelevant point. That's exactly what we do. This is on topic. This is on brand. Just be glad that I didn't just say lowrider by war and then refuse to talk for the rest of the episode. I'll just leave the Discord call. <laughs> I'm just going to say never going to give you up by Rick Astley for exactly the same reasons. <laughs> I can dance to that. This is the other thing. First dances as well traditionally makes it a tad difficult because they're the slow ones, which are often uh, a duet. Certainly, that's my uh, understanding of such things. How do you guys feel about like the big planned ones where they like plan the massive dance with their like bridesmaids and such? Is that something you'd be into, or would you just want to go traditional? Mm. Definitely not. I don't want to be involved. If you want me to do a bridesmaid or something, and I've got to do a dance, then no thanks. If I get to watch it and it's kind of good, then go for it. But often, like, because it's a wedding, there's also a bajillion yep. other things to be thinking about. So often it's not the afterthought, but it's the thing that isn't given enough time and attention. <laughs> like most gigs in my experience, you know, you've got 20 songs and it'd be great to learn more, but I ain't got time for that. <laughs> I was thinking from the other side, like, you don't it seems it. like no from like the the you know if i were the groom i wouldn't want l lots of people to be involved like yeah weddings seem like considering it's supposed to be quite like an intimate thing very public affairs so any anything that can be less like managed between lots of people i will take yeah there enough. is i will admit and this is very much hopeless romantic coming out of me. There is something to be said for Time of My Life from Dirty Dancing soundtrack. There is something to be said for it. It's twee and it's a bit tacky, but also looks cool. Only you have to learn have how to, to do, do the move, move, though. That lift. Yeah. I'd love to see yeah. you do that, Tom. I'll try it. You know, I've got to work out a little bit. I'll admit I do not have the, the, the guns for such things yet, but... You're not quite Ryan Gosling in Crazy Stupid Love. Uh, absolutely not, no. I probably <laughs> won't get to that level either. But, um... Yeah. There is something to be said for it, and just like, you know, honestly, yeah, I can see why. It, it looks kind of fun, and it looks quite cute. If it's done properly, like, you know, that would be something which is actually practice. But also, I'd take the time to do that. I guess it wouldn't alienate the entire family, which is maybe what we've we might end up with if we're not careful. Do you think, like, you know when you normally have to RSVP, you can, like, select, like, food choices? Maybe you should have people select album choices or song choices, and then you can you can filter down the guest list based on that. <laughs> I would argue that is genuinely actually a very good idea. Yeah, although I've already decided that if I do get married, like, I'm, I'm going to be strict on the DJ. Like, I'm not having people come up and request things that are like super cheesy sorry i'm not having it yeah it's not happening it's gonna be like a band list are you just gonna have a playlist because like that seems like the easier option right you can schedule everything in advance there's no risk of them taking like you know things they think are like funny <laughs> changes or like you know parents getting involved and asking for something like terrible to be put on yeah that's what i'd worry about yeah you're right i should have stick with the playlist to be honest Going back to the kind of the band or DJ thing, mm. or like something like Wonderful Night, I think I would want the band, even though there are the risks mm. involved. I'm going to say I would be playing it, but then I need to dance, so it doesn't make sense. 
Well, (laughs) this actually, I've kind of had this scenario in a family wedding that I went to um, where the groom was like in the wedding band because he plays in a band. I think he might have like not done the actual first dance song or maybe he might have started off and then sort of jumped in and carried on um, dancing. But that's nice when like, I think they played what's her favourite song. I think it was might have been Chasing Cars um, or like a song that's important to them. Good song. And to be fair, like it's probably very cool to have people you actually know play like your song or whatever. Mm. Um, and it's his band. I bet that was a very cool moment for her. It was cool for everybody, to be honest. It was pretty nice. Maybe that's what we can do with this show. Now that gigs are starting to come back, we can get the free tickets, we can do the interviews, and we can make those connections so that when we need wedding bands, we can get like actual bands in. We just know them, ready to go. Nice. That's why we started the podcast. The master plan. <laughs> for the connections. <laughs> we'll have to work up, so I'll get married last so that we can get through a few iterations before then, and then hopefully, like, hey. I'm aiming for the national... <laughs> I'm not so, being you know, the first one. I'm not being the test run. Well, that means you get the small, like, independent, like, indie band. So, you know, you get something weirder. Cool, I guess. I thought when you said, like, oh, that's what the podcast is for, that you meant, like, we'd be the band. And that was that was my initial suspicion. At, like, so, each of our weddings or something. That would be way more fun. <laughs> I really want to do that. It's like me on Garage oh, Band with my iPad. <laughs> It looked like someone out of Kraftwerk just like stood there with it on a little pedestal. <laughs> hey, if if we could be new Kraftwerk, I am completely cool with this. I want to do this. But Matching outfits. That's also a lot of work. Or we should just do the podcast live while they're dancing. <laughs> <laughs> just sitting just sit in the corner. Hello, there's a wedding happening over there, but yeah, we're over here talking about music. <laughs> Yeah, the first dance is just our main theme of this podcast. Just had something else in here. I have had, I've, I have found the proposed playlist for the wedding band that I am planning to be in. Well, that is penciled in for next year at some point. But we have such wonderful, wonderful music as "Numb" by Linkin Park. We've got the uh, Coldplay, "The Scientists." We've got "I Like Me Better" by Lauf. We've got "Weather Streets of No Name" by U2. We've got the script again. We've got uh, "Can't Stop" by Red Hot Chili Peppers. We've got "Somebody Told Me" by The Killers. We got "Stacy's Mom" by Fan- by Phantoms oh Flame. We got "Teenage Dirtbag" by Weedus. Oh we got God. "The Middle" by Jimmy Eat World. We've got "Nicer Sidonia" by Muse. We've got "Take Me Out" by Franz Ferdinand. This is going to be a fun gig. I'm just saying. I just, I'm so looking forward to this gig. That does sound but like also fun. Like, it's got it's got such a good theme to it as well. Like I can tell, like the Brian group have just gone. Yeah, we're gonna make this for us. Yeah, I don't. I you know we're gonna pick our guests based partly on this, and <laughs> I can fully respect that. You know, I don't think you can go for like something too obscure either. Like those songs are songs that everybody knows. Um, I kind of like a party playlist really, but party playlist you can be a bit a bit more like lenient and add songs that. People haven't listened to it before. Pretty much, yeah. And all good songs which can like play in a band. Gonna mention that I've got to play an Arsenal Monkeys song, mm-hmm. which whatever. Which song? <laughs> the one, the, 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 the literally one of the ones I pick a bone with. I bet you look good on the dance floor. Oh, right. To be fair, it's quite fun. It's, it is quite fun. To I've heard that play at multiple weddings. Yeah, it's, but it's you know kind what, Tom? Song. You didn't mention Elbow, and it'd actually be pretty good for this. I reckon. I didn't even think of that. 
Oh, but a very well, romantic. Well, that, that was also the other elephant in the room that I was trying to avoid. But yes, but yeah, I agree. I they would be pretty darn good. Um, yeah, I was I was thinking about anything but them, basically. Um, and very much like you, Jess, I've got a slightly cynical view of love. So immediately my mind turned to slightly <laughs> cynical love songs, including, uh, well, the one that jumped straight to mind was weirdly Not With Haste by Mumford and Sons, uh, which was the last track off of their second album, What's Name Escapes Me. While you're finding oh, that, Tom, can we just go back to the fact that you're a <laughs> self-proclaimed romantic, <laughs> but, but your first thought of songs are all very cynical about love? Well, you know, I, I like to say that with romantic intent, but also, like, um, you know, once I can trust someone, the, the more I trust someone intimately, the more sarcastic I can be with them. So, like, you know, the more... <laughs> <laughs> the more cynical and the more grumpy I sound, often the more affectionate that actually means I'm being. <laughs> Is that why you're so sarcastic us. around us? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. You know, I'm, I'm just I'm just madly in love with all of you. That's what it is. Aww. But um, yeah. Also, I like that you said that. I like that you said that I have a cynical view of love. I said my music taste. You literally has said very it. Cynical songs. You just there. said it. <laughs> yes, you did very much say that. Roll the tape you literally back. alluded to it. Right, I'm right. sorry, Jess. You just did. Anyway, even if it's your, your point, it's my point. I get I can get quite cynical about love songs, and that's often the ones which I find are the ones which connect with me on the deepest level, the ones that are a little bit sarcastic and a little bit tongue-in-cheek. Um, Not With Haste is the last track off of Mumpin' and Sons' second album, Babel, from 2012. You'll probably know it for songs such as uh, Whispers in the Dark, I Will Wait, uh, and lover of the light but actually it's the it's to be fair it's a spectacular set of songs to begin with i really adore this album i don't know whether i prefer it to sign sign her more or not but this is also me being a uh not even hipster just an early mother the sons fan who's grumpy about everything that they've put out since 2012 i don't think you can count yourself as a hipster for liking babel by Sons. <laughs> no i can't not with face is just a lovely um song which has this wonderful tongue-in-cheek but also very very sentimental view of love like the bridges literally do not let my fickle flesh go to waste as it keeps my heart and soul in its place it's just like um and i'll love with urgency but not with haste it's just like you know i kind of like the idea of this um i don't know love but not unconditionally um be wild but don't be out of control kind of uh six of one half a dozen the other approach to love i don't know why it just connects with me it just seems like a kind of like slightly sarcastic thing um and it was one that really connected with me and it's just a very very nice sweet song anyway i really think it's a nice way to round out the album and it just feels really really warm and fuzzy to listen to i really enjoy listening to that song um and to be fair i listen i enjoyed the whole album not just the singles there i said it i don't know why that's a controversial opinion but yeah that was one song that came to mind um the other one if you want to get really gooey again early coldplay um last track on their album parachutes everything's not lost is just a really really nice sweet album not even necessarily about love but it just uh for setting a tone and an atmosphere i think it's a pretty good one i think it's pretty good yeah i'll be honest um I can't 
remember how that Mumford and Sons song goes, but because but because it's Mumford and Sons, I can guess how it goes. You know, I can guess how yeah. it sounds. It's a lot more. It's it sounds like them, but there's a lot more downbeat. So you know, it's a bit slower. It's a bit okay. more swayy. I'll get what's in my head, then turn the tempo down, and I got it. Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much. Dial that banjo back. <laughs> there is a banjo. It's not the main of thing, but there is a definitely banjo, a banjo. Tom. <gasps> Call yourself a Mumford and Sons fan. Are there people stomping on a wood floor too? <laughs> <laughs> uh, there is a kick drum. I don't know if they're stomping on a wood floor. That'll do. And a good tambourine, good tambo. Marcus Mumford doing his tap dance with like all of his limbs, like two of them on the guitar, one of them's on the kick drum, one of them's on the tambourine, which to be fair is really cool to watch. But also, are you literally a nutcase? Have you heard this thing called samples? Like, or, or just a drummer? <laughs> I would prefer <laughs> yeah. Mumford and Sons if it was a one man band and it was one guy playing all of the instruments. Mumford. <laughs> I mean, we're kind of half the way there anyway. Like, Marcus Mumford does do. A lot of stuff at any one time, which is thoroughly impressive to watch, but also, yeah. I suppose, if, yeah, if we did like a whole, like, um, Bert from Mary Poppins kind of get up, that could be even funner. Just like, you know, accordion in hands, got the harmonica there as well. It's like horns on the side of on my shoulders, so I'm going to lean my head. That could work. I could see that. Does anyone have any closing thoughts on songs for weddings, first dance songs? If you haven't listened to Yankee Hotel Foxtrot by Wilco, it is legitimately great. And also the story behind that album is really interesting. Where, like, they got dropped by their label who refused to release it. And then they released it online on their website. And then they got hired by another label that was a subsidiary of the same major label that they got dropped from before to release the album. Oh. Yeah. They got dropped from the label, but then they basically got hired from the label again. Yeah, but I mean that it was from two different subsidiaries of the same major. Okay. Yeah, it's been like one of the ones I've been meaning to listen to for a while because it's sort of highly acclaimed. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. Right, we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, I've got a review of the new Black Midi album. It's finally here, and we're going to run through the upcoming releases coming out this week. Right, so Black Midi's new album came out this week. It's called Cavalcade. Um, it's out on Rough Trade. It's their sophomore record. It's the follow-up to 2019's Schlagenheim. Um, compared to that album, this new one is less angular, I guess is my overall take. Um, the vocals are less prominent in the mix, which if you weren't a huge fan of the vocals last time, you'll probably enjoy I think it, it's, in that sense, more approachable for new listeners because I, I think, in general, I quite enjoyed the vocals on their debut, but at times it was definitely a bit challenging, even for me. Um, this kind of pushes them back in some songs quite far to the point where, you know, it, it's definitely sitting well behind all of the other music going on. And also, um, 
the big kind of dynamic shifts that happened in uh, Schlagenheim, there are still some like loud stabs, but it's not the same kind of here's a really loud section and then we're going to play quietly and then another really loud section in quite the same way. It's a lot more kind of static in, in tone in that sense. This album takes a lot of influence from prog rock. Um, obviously, they had some of that on their debut, um, but I think it, it kind of got mixed into them just kind of being virtuoso players and, and doing really complicated things. Here, it's a lot more spelled out with um, the instrument choices. There are string and horn sections that come in throughout the album. In terms of the production, it feels a lot closer to something like King Crimson than... Um, their older stuff did uh, and also that again they did it on their debut but here the kind of structure of the songs being kind of winding and having long diversions off the track and then coming back definitely feels a lot more prog than I guess I would have kind of linked up on their debut a few specific songs to pull out um, the opener John L which you might have heard as a single um it is one of the bigger tracks on the album. Um, it kind of builds up to this like cacophony of just sound, it just kind of blasts you. Um, it, they they have a lot of uh, strings on this track. It kind of sounds like a New Orleans jazz band playing behind them. Like it's just got these like crazy kind of wailing parts, and it's super energetic. Um, I like that track a lot. Um, and then the second track, Marlene Dietrich. Um, kind of signposts a lot of the rest of the album as being kind of the first point where they they go in a softer direction. And, and it kind of has like a classic feel. It, it in some ways kind of reminds me of David Bowie in the sense there is kind of this more kind of traditional rock song, I guess. And also w w where you're starting to hear the vocals kind of take a backseat for the first time and kind of sit into the mix despite still being kind of that black midi vocal tone that you'll be expecting they don't jump out at you as in quite the same way as they do in other places uh probably my favorite song on the album is diamond stuff um which is a mostly instrumental track um it's kind of this like over the course of the the song which is six minutes it's kind of this slow build it uses much softer timbres than a lot of the other songs and and the vocals that are there are kind of whispered in the background and layered up so it, it it's just a very different sound than anything else on the record i really enjoyed it the few issues i have at at this point having only listened to it a handful of times over the last few days is that in in some of the tracks it feels like it's kind of lacking direction so on uh, the fourth track, Slow, which was a single, but in a different form, this version... So the single was called Slow Loud, in parentheses. This one is just slow. Um, in kind of the middle, like, because it's going off in all of these different directions, it, it does feel like it doesn't... It's not really pushing to anything. And when you have, like, the softer sound without the big dynamic shifts... I think it gives you less points to kind of latch onto and say, oh, right, we're going to this next, or, oh, something important's changed. I'm going to kind of, my ears perk up again. It, it it just kind of feels in some sense that they're kind of 
going and doing stuff, but it doesn't have a clear end point. Um, and I feel like on the second half of the album, I, I feel that a little bit um, as well. But maybe that's something that, you know, with more lessons, it'll kind of stop being such an issue for me. Overall, I think, yeah, it's an enjoyable record. If you like their debut, this is one you definitely have to check out. Um, and otherwise, yeah, it, it's... <laughs> I mean, it's a modern prog rock record by quite a prominent indie band, so <laughs> if any of that sounds interesting, maybe give it a go. W one thing I did want to note, actually, on top of this review, is that it's kind of mad that Black Midi are such a big band at the moment. Like, you'll find their new record in, like, HMV. Like, this is a, a big rock release. Like, I don't know. I just, I just think it, it's a good place for rock to be, that when a, you know, a younger person going into onto streaming services and it's like, oh, I like rock music, I want to hear something else, that there's kind of so much variety and some like really out there stuff at the moment to find yeah it's really nice to see something that feels quite new and something i haven't heard before even though it's obviously got influences from other music but in itself it does seem yeah there's something a, a different take on things which is great really everything sometimes feels like a rehash of other things and there's nothing new coming out but this is nice i've not listened to the album enough yet to give it proper you know, review from me, but um, I like the overall direction and I like the singles, so I think I'll enjoy it. I'm also quite glad that they're moving kind of away from the more post-punk sound that they've, I guess they've had in the past, because there are quite a few bands now with obviously not the same sound that they had before because they are so unique, but with bands like Black Country New Road coming up, with, with these guys going in this direction, it kind of opens up space for other bands to progress forward wherever they want to go. Yeah, it seems to be a sort of... I don't know if you'd call it a resurgence because I'm not really sure what the history of it is, but just it's one of those up-and-coming kind of genres right now, I guess. Or sort of sub-genres. Like you said before, there's a few bands suddenly that are kind of in a similar vein that are doing quite well. It's nice, I think. Yeah, I think I think we might be at the precipice where we might be starting to get bands who don't have the same attention to detail or interesting ideas who are going to start kind of jumping on the bandwagon. Yeah, you're probably right. Kind of reaches a saturation point, but you know, then I'm sure out of those, out of anybody who does kind of jump on the bandwagon, they'll be good ones as well. So hopefully, it will help the whole sort of genre evolve. And I'm not too worried about bands like Black Midi and Squid getting stagnant and not doing something new, really. So, I'll admit I'm not familiar with uh, Black Midi. Certainly, I know the name, but I haven't listened to anything. Is this a place to start, or would you recommend somewhere else? Honestly, I, I'd say here or their debut album. Um, okay. Also, one of their earlier singles, Talking Heads, is actually maybe a more accessible place to jump in because it, it, it's maybe slightly more poppy. Um, but yeah, I, I think they're just kind of different albums between the two albums, like maybe listen to a few tracks and see which one kind of grabs you more. 
Cool. So that's Cavalcade by Black Midi. Um, good album, worth checking out. One I'm going to listen to probably a lot more over the course of this year. Time to get on to the upcoming releases this week. Uh, maybe not quite as long of a list as we often have, but the quality is there this week. First up, Japanese Breakfast's third album, Jubilee, is coming out. Um, it's her first album since 2017, is that right, Tom? I believe it was, yes. And the name escapes me of that album as well. Soft Why Sounds from Another Planet. Things. Soft Sounds from Another Planet. Yeah, that's a stunning album. If it's anything like that, we're going to have a good time. I've got the sense, though, that it probably won't. That could be a great thing. That may be something which I'm a bit upset about. But I will let you know this time next week because it's Japanese Breakfast and I need to hear more of it. This album... Well, the singles sound more... Um, the singles on this one sound bigger, I think. Like, the drums mm. are more punchy and, and bigger in the mix. Um, it It's kind of got more of a pop edge to it, which I guess makes sense, considering some of the stuff she's done since the last album um, with in Bumper and doing other projects as well. Hmm. Out of interest, did you hear her single Essentially? Uh, no, I don't recognise it. I've seen... Which ones did I see? Posing in Bondage and So Sweet. Those were two of the most latest singles. That's the most recent ones I've listened to of hers. So Essentially wasn't an album single. It, it's come out in this period between the last album and this one, but it's not going to be mm. on this upcoming album. But it, it's kind of a dancier track. I thought it was mm. a really interesting direction for her to go. And is also really good. So, yeah, I guess maybe there's a bit of disappointment that that's not the direction she's gone in. But I, I think for an uh, an album length release, this is probably the better way to go. Mm, I'm still very much intrigued. So, yeah, I will take the time to give this some time. Next up, Rostam has a new album coming out. It's called Change Phobia. If you don't know Rostam, he's a former member of Vampire Weekend. Um, he's also been quite a prolific producer on a bunch of pop albums, including Carly Rae Jepsen's Emotion. Um, yeah, some of the singles off of this sound quite Vampire Weekend-y, um, which I'm kind of all for, considering I didn't love their the, the actual band's last album. Um, so yeah, if, it, if it's kind of Vampire Weekend, but without Ezra Koenig and just kind of doing something a bit different. Sure, I'll listen to that. Uh, next up, Wolf Alice have a new album coming out. It's called Blue Weekend. I've seen that the singles off this have got reasonably popular or good responses from forums and things I've been on. I think I had a quick listen to one of the singles and wasn't particularly hooked. I quite enjoyed their debut album, but I haven't really been into them all that much since i don't know if anyone else is strongly opinionated on the band yeah i just couldn't get on with them like i get it and there were some cool little songs here and there but like yeah it was just kind of so so it didn't really capture me there were a couple of songs which i liked but yeah it didn't really capture me maybe this will be different maybe and then finally lorraine james has an album coming out it's called reflection 
I don't actually know any of her previous work, but I've heard about this album because it's coming out on Hyperdub, Code Nine's label. Um, so this is like a kind of modern UK bass album. In, in case people are thinking it's going to be like indie rock, no. Um, Hyperdub's one of my favorite electronic labels, I guess, at the moment. They kind of have been coming out with a lot of uh, releases that kind of push things forward and do interesting different stuff. So uh, Nazar's album Gorilla from last year came out on Hyperdub and I don't know if I've talked about it on the podcast before, but I've, I've definitely talked to you guys at length about it in the past. So um, we don't need to go in, into much more detail other than that's a great album. Um, and the singles from this one have been good. So I'm quite excited to hear that. So that's all of the upcoming releases. And that's the end of the show. Thank you for listening. Uh, it's been an interesting episode where I started very tired and I've ended with more energy somehow than where I came from. Um, the energy seems to have completely swapped around. Like we, I was certainly feeling quite happy. So now I'm ready to go to bed and like, maybe it's just like transferred over. It's like, I've stolen it. I'm you've stolen the it. new Sith Give it Lord. back. Didn't we say this? Said Tom would be very energetic. Yeah. Tom's got that like post sickness bounce back. Have I, have I been sick? I don't know. Maybe I have. You were sick last week. I was, yes, that's true. I was, yeah. Hopefully, that's just more of a general like life attitude thing. But maybe it's just going to be this week. Maybe I'm just going to be like, I'm just going to be on the downer next week. Who knows? We'll find out. So follow us on Twitter at Unmuted Weekly. Feel free to tweet at us. We'll generally respond if people want to do that. We love it. Um, yeah. We like having conversations with people. Also, you'll get to keep up to date with our new episodes on there. We post about all of them. You also get maybe some fun other stuff on the Twitter. Um, subscribe to us on your podcast service of choice. And remember to turn on notifications so you get notified every time a new episode posts. Um, also, a feature I didn't know about, on Spotify you can bookmark episodes for later. So mm. if you see a new episode comes out because you've obviously turned on notifications and subscribed, you can then, if it comes up but you don't have time to listen to it, bookmark it and it'll pop up again later when you do have time. Uh, if you use Apple Podcasts or iTunes, leave us a review. That would be really helpful. Um, that's kind of all of the plugging I have to do.
also, sorry, James, or I guess maybe it might be Will's job more, but someone started running a bath about 10 minutes ago. <laughs> and it comes through quite loudly. <laughs> Spoiled the whole recession. Just going to have to start over again. Yeah, sorry. Hello and welcome to no. the master. <laughs> oh, no. Infinite loop of podcasting. Like that Doctor Strange scene. <laughs> Dormammu, I've come to podcast. <laughs> what have you been listening to? <laughs> he just like spears him through the chest. Dormammu, what have you been listening to this week? 